Hi, my name is Minda Tracy and my favourite Power Query feature is the ability to get files from a folder and consolidate them into one table ready to analyse with formulas, pivot tables and charts. But the best part is the ability to add a new file to that folder and update the query, pivot tables and charts with the click of a single button. When I show people how quick it can be to update their reports with new data, they are amazed. Welcome to Power Query Magic. So welcome, Minda. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let me introduce you to the listeners. Um, so you're a Microsoft MVP and co-founder of My Online Training Hub. Your YouTube channel has 320,000 subscribers. You've got 25,000 members in your forum. So when you're, when people ask you, what do you do? What's your response to them? It depends on the person I'm talking to, um, but most of the time I just say I teach people how to use Excel and Power BI through online courses. Um, if they're a little bit technical, then I might expand on that and um, you know go into more details, but a lot of the time it's a very basic explanation. And do you think there's the sort of Excel now is you know, the speed of updates and, and how much is changing all the time. Are you, how are you keeping up with all this stuff? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> the MVP community is awesome at helping keep us up to date. Um, not just Excel, the Excel team at Microsoft, but the MVPs in general. Um, I rely on that email list that we have and we all share to get lots of information. And um, I can't keep on top of everything, but I do my best. Yes, do you find that there's sort of, there's there's so many elements to it now that nobody can know everything. And yeah. I get that sort of thing of, why don't I know that? There's people who just know stuff in such depth, all these little pieces. It's, yeah. it's sort of like, you feel like a bit of, there's that imposter syndrome sometimes I find. Yeah, go, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Happened to me just this week. I did a, um, or last week, I did a tutorial on a topic and um, loads of people really loved it. And one person came back and said, Did you know you could do it this way? And I was like, What? How long has that been in Excel for? And it turns out it's been in Excel oh. virtually forever. Um, but yeah. out of thousands of people who watch the video, only one person told me. So that made me feel a little bit better. But, <laughs> yeah, you just you just can't know everything, and that's the beauty of Excel. I think you know, there's always something new, even if it's been in Excel for twenty years. There's always yeah, something yeah. new to learn. There's always something more to develop in terms of your skill set. Um, but like you say, not everyone can know everything and we MVPs tend to have our area of specialty. Um, and that's great as well because you can call on those people when you're stuck or one of your members has a question, you go, I know who's going to know the answer to that. So yeah, um, yeah. I'll tell you the one that, um, that the two things that I discovered way late in the process. So pivot tables, um, moving fields around in a pivot table. I always used to right click on them and say move up, then right click again, uh, move up, 
yeah. move up. And then somebody just said, why don't you just drag it? And I was like, what do you mean drag it? And that was probably 15 years in. <laughs> I yeah. that. But that's the beauty um, of video now. Like we used to learn those little tips from looking over our co-worker's shoulder and going, oh, how did yes. you do that? But now yes. we can learn so much more because our co-workers are now everyone who produces a video, you know, and you learn so much from watching others. I think that's the beauty of video in terms of a learning medium. Yeah, definitely. So you live in Queensland and you went to high school there? Yes, I did. Co yeah. Coolum State. I was actually there on Sunday to drop my son off for um, a chess competition. He doesn't go to that school, no. but yeah, it was a bit of a blast from the past walking through wow. the school and it's changed a lot, obviously. Um, I won't say yeah. how many years since I've been there, but it's a long time, <laughs> but it was quite bizarre to be there again after yeah, all that yeah. time. Yeah. And did you have any idea sort of what job you wanted when you were sort of, you know, leaving school or when you were... Did you have a plan? No, no plan. I just knew I didn't want to go to university and waste three years on a degree that wasn't going to be something I did in the end. So I took a break and I traveled and um, ended up in London. And that's oh, where yeah. I kind of found what I wanted to do. And <clears throat> it was kind of bizarre because all through school, um, I did art type subjects. And I had to do accounting in year 11 and 12 because my timetable didn't fit. And it was the only subject that fit. And I hadn't done it in the lead up to year 11 and 12. So I hated it and um, didn't do very well. And ironically, I turned out to be an accountant. So <laughs> it's kind of bizarre how things happen. Yeah, because from <clears throat> scanning through the old LinkedIn profile, you ended up as like global IT financial controller for NatWest yeah. Markets. Yeah, wow. yeah, and for Barclays <laughs> then after NatWest. And then for yeah. Barclays, so Barclays Capital, because I worked for Barclays for a while just after you left as well. So sort of, you know. Oh, wow. Of, yeah, 2004 to 2007, I was sort of working for, based in Wales, but yeah, we sort of dealt a fair bit with the Barclays team. So that's the, yeah, the big banks and stuff. So what's that experience like? And how did you end up in one of those roles? Yeah, that was overwhelming. Um when I got to London, um, the plan was to travel, but we spent, the person I was traveling with, we spent all of our savings in like three weeks. So <laughs> we had to get jobs. And I got a job, first of all, for an oil company doing accounting kind of stuff. But I was sharing a house, as you do um, in London as an Australian, with a load of other people. And one of the guys there worked for a bank and he was earning loads of money. And I went, well, that's where I need to work. So I yeah. pursued a role in a bank and I got a job at NatWest and um, I was there for three years and then I handed in my resignation. I planned to come back to Australia and they said, oh, we were going to ask you to stay and pay for you to do your accounting qualification. Uh, and I was like, oh, well, I bought a one-way ticket home. So, um, right. so anyway, long story short, I took the job. I did my um, accounting qualification through them. So I was working full time, studying four nights a week, going to college. Um, took me two and a half years um, to complete while working full time. So that was hard and a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just was the thing I loved to do. I loved having computers and, and it was there that I first experienced spreadsheets. It was um, Lotus123 when we started. 
and it was backslash okay. this and backslash that and everyone knew the shortcuts <laughs> and I was like I don't know what I'm doing anyway it was only about three months after I started there that they switched to Excel and um, ah, okay when someone showed me VLOOKUP I was like I just love this this is incredible um, the amount that you could do, because I had learned how to do accounts in a ledger, like handwritten. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm showing my age. Um, no, it's property accounts. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so to have a spreadsheet, and of course you're dealing with thousands and thousands of records compared to what I was doing in the ledger in Australia. Um, so, yeah, it was incredible. I just loved it and never looked back. I just from you know one thing to the next but always in a back office IT finance kind of supporting role um so yeah that was kind of how it ended up not planned but turned out for the best <laughs> indeed so then you returned to Queensland and and co-founded my my online training hub and is the, yeah. the co-founder your husband Phil he is yes your husband first and then business partner or the other way around? Yeah, I'm not sure we would have survived. Actually, um, I met <laughs> Phil when um, in London he worked for NatWest as well. But at the time he was in IT and I was in IT finance. So um, he'd actually <laughs> left and he'd come to Australia for um, a year in the year 2000. He was here for the Olympics and he oh, applied okay. for his residency and um, one of the requirements for your residency was to have a, um, some letters of referral, which he was, which he'd asked one of his bosses at NatWest to do, and it came in late. So when he submitted his application, it was immediately rejected because it was late. Um, so he had oh. to come back to England, and I think it was within a few weeks of him being back in London, we were out at a, a work do for NatWest, and um, he was there, and we met there. So it was kind of um a roundabout yeah. way of meeting him but yeah I did work with him um years and years before we met so it is crazy the the small chances that influence your entire life isn't it everything yeah. just just like these little moments doors. that things yeah it's just it's bizarre there's no there's anybody has a, some grand big plan it just never really works that way at least I've not met anyone yet no um, I always say to so, the kids opportunities will arise and you should take them. You never know what might what it turns out to be, as long as it's not yeah. a, like a major life changing thing that you just flippantly decide on. But you know, people present you opportunities, like doing this podcast, and you might be not necessarily on your agenda, but yeah. do it. You never know what might happen. You might enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. Well, I was procrastinating for months about even doing this and I was just like oh you know it's blah blah all these reasons not to I just went oh just do it <laughs> you know yeah just, just give it a go and I'm enjoying doing it so yeah. hopefully other people yeah. who are listening are enjoying it I'm getting some good feedback so yeah um so what was the spark then that made you set up the company set up my online training hub um well when we got back to Australia there were no investment banks were where we wanted to live on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland yeah. um so we worked with small businesses doing what we did in London. So Phil worked in IT and I did the accounting side of things. And we'd come home after a day being at different clients and we'd be talking about how bad their Excel skills were or how little they knew. And if they just knew a little bit more, how amazing, you know, their their work life would be because they'd have all these tools. And it wasn't just Excel, it was Outlook and Word and PowerPoint and all those office skills that we just took for granted. 
we just thought everyone knew how to do what we did. Um, yeah. And so we knew, I, I just had this epiphany one day on the way to one of my clients. Imagine if we could teach them with videos how many people we could reach because when we started, classroom training was still huge. It's expensive and it takes people away from their job for a whole day or multiple days. So we thought, let's do some online training. And that's kind of where it started. And, and at the time there were loads of people already doing it. So it wasn't um, a completely new thing, but it was still in its infancy compared to what it is now. So that's yeah. really where it, it started. But we, we worked on the business on my online training hub in parallel to our full-time jobs for three years. Um, before oh, we okay. before we developed it enough for it to be, you know, something that we thought, yeah, we can make a go of this. So, yeah, yeah. Because what what year did you set that up? I think it was twenty ten or eleven. Can't remember yes. exactly. So, like you said, there, there wouldn't have been there wouldn't have been too many people doing that. Those sorts of did, had you come across some online training? Have you attended some, and you thought, oh, this is this works. Yeah, not attended I... any, but we'd in our research we'd found other um, resources. I can't okay. even remember what they were now, but um, we knew it was possible yeah. because we'd done that yeah. research. But yeah, of course, my passion was Excel, so we focused on that. But we wanted to provide. We also provide Outlook and Word training on our um, website, so we wanted to provide a bit more than just Excel. But Excel really took over. Um, and has become the main focus. And, of course, now Power BI um, is on the scene, and that's yes. really complementary to those people with Excel skills. Often Power BI is a tool that um, they can use as well. Totally. And I was going to, I was going to ask about the name, so and that, that sort of gives a little link into this because my online training hub, the name doesn't mention Excel. That was intentional because we wanted to provide more than just Excel. Um, in hindsight, yeah. we probably, had we known, we would have chosen an Excel-centric name. Um, would, oh, okay, that's interesting. I was, gonna, I was gonna think, I was gonna ask you, with hindsight, what do you think? Because, you know, there's people like the Power Pivot Pro folks, they've just rebranded as P3, as okay. P3 Adaptive, to get rid of the Power Pivot part. I know Matt Allington, Accelerator BI. I know he would probably rather have named his content something different now that there's okay. you know Power BI is yep. the focus. So I don't know. I think my online training hub was a was a good call. I yeah, maybe now, like um, now that we do Power BI a lot as well, it works. Yeah, I think for a lot of years because we didn't pick a niche and focus on Excel and brand ourselves as Excel probably didn't help us grow initially, but yeah, now it right. allows okay. us the flexibility. Yeah. And how long did it take before you realized that sort of this idea was was good? It was a good decision sort of? Um, probably when we were able to stop doing our day-to-day -day jobs and focus on the yeah. business. Um, but even then you still had doubts because you just don't know what's around the corner. like. Even when the pandemic hit, we really thought that we would be impacted um, like most people were. Um, we were we were lucky that we weren't, but um, online training has been a, a save, saviour for a lot of people because they're at home and they're now able to yeah. develop their skills. But 
Yeah, you really just never never rest on your laurels, as they say. We're constantly <laughs> yes. trying to improve and do more and, you know, provide a really good service. So, And, and what are some of the challenges then around sort of maintaining online an online platform? Oh, my husband could rant for an hour. <laughs> um, he does all the, Bill does a lot of the back-end stuff for our website, so um, all of the coding and things like that. Okay. Um, as well as he also writes some content and um, I'm finally getting him to do some tutorials because he's more technical than me. He is comes from a programming background, whereas I come from an accounting background. So we complement each other in that way. But one of the hardest things is just keeping it fresh, constantly yeah. coming up. Like I commit or we do commit to every week producing something new. Um, and that's a video and a blog post. Um, on the same topic, but, you know, some people like to read, some people like to yeah. watch, so we do both. Um, and that's a lot every week. You know, it takes the best part yeah, of the week yeah. to produce one newsletter, one video tutorial. So we don't have a lot of time to work on other things. So when it's time to re-record the course or record a new course, then you've got to squeeze that in somehow, and that's tough. Yeah, because... You know the the new the cycle of things now. You know it used to be Excel updated. Well, I guess when we yeah. learned Excel, it didn't change for fourteen years. <laughs> you know nothing nothing changed. Um, yeah. And then you know in two thousand and seven, it just started to accelerate. Really, Excel two thousand and seven, and then it's three years cycles, and then it was what's what's it now? Every six months. Yeah, that's. Um... A challenge for us as content creators because you need to keep your content fresh um, but it's also a real challenge for people who use excel day to day because one week an icon is called something and the next week yes. it's called something else and it might look different and a lot of people really struggle with that they cannot adapt and yet that's mm. how we need to start working in Excel, we need to start, or any application, because they're all turning into software as a service rather than something you buy one year and it stays the same for three. Um, but being flexible, and what I say to people is, you need to understand what the objective is of what you're doing. Because when you understand that, then you can find the tool no matter what it's called, or at least you can narrow it down yeah. and um, you need to be flexible. So that's a whole new learning curve for a lot of people who just aren't used to that icon changing or, you know, the interface being slightly different. So, yeah, you know, that's tough. It, remember there'd be an uproar when the sort of, you know, the, the little buttons disappeared off uh, Excel 2003 or whatever it was and X, <laughs> the rib, new ribbon came along and it's just yeah. like, where's my buttons? Where's my little shortcut clicks? You know, I just need yeah. them. And if anything moves, it's, yeah, oh, okay. Um, yeah. And how, how, how do you balance the fact that you're delivering this all this free content via your blog and via your website uh, and via um, YouTube, et cetera, with the fact that you want people to pay for, for training? How, how, do you, how do you balance the two? That's a really good question. I once heard a quote by someone, I can't remember who it was, and they said, if you give people enough for free, you'll get what you want. And so 
when we provide content, it's never with the mindset that I want to sell something. It's always just with the mindset, I want to provide something that's really good quality, that helps people. And enough people will want to buy what I provide at a fee. And those that can't afford it or don't want to, that's fine. I'm happy to help. And and one thing that really surprised me with starting the website is just how rewarding it is to get that feedback from people that you've helped them. Um, yeah. You know, that's what drives you to keep going. And I often think when we stop doing this website, when we eventually go, okay, it's time to retire, I still think I will be in the forums helping people because that's what I love to do. Every day, the first thing I do is check all the people who've asked me questions and get back to them. That takes up my morning. And then the afternoon is spent working to create new things or whatever it is that I have to do that day. So, um, yeah, I I don't think about, I don't think about it. I just provide the the free stuff because that's what we do and offer a a course at a fee for those people who um, want to follow something structured, want more, um, want that support because as part of the the course, I offer that dedicated support. And I think that's a little bit different to a lot of online training. Like one of the things I realize is that it's all good and well me telling you how to um, write a formula or create a dashboard. But when you go to apply that to your own work, that's when you're going to get get stuck and have questions. So yeah. in our courses, we provide that support forum because that's the reality of the situation. Um, you know, people are going to get stuck when they start implementing it. It's slightly different to their scenario. So, yeah, that's just yeah. sort of how we approach things and and never think about it as um, the means to the end. It's just what we do because we love to do it. And it's the same as yeah. like the MVP award. You know, people often say to me, I want to be an MVP. How do I become an MVP? And I, I say to them, well, don't focus on becoming an MVP because if your motivation is that rather than helping people, then it becomes a chore and you won't mm. you won't succeed because MV, being an MVP is all about your contribution to the community for free. Um, so you've got to just love doing that and the MVP designation will, will come. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, for one, well, thank you for sharing content. I've, I've found lots of articles and things very useful, um, especially in the power query space, hence, you know, <laughs> Why yeah. we're why we're here on this on this podcast today? So uh, yeah, it's all it's all you know. I'm, I'm sure there's well, there's hundreds of thousands of folks that you've helped. So uh, you know, hopefully that does, like you say, that feedback you get keeps you keeps you motivated to keep going. Um, yeah. And and talking about the blog, so I scroll back to one of the earliest ones. So August the seventeenth, twenty ten. Okay. Right. Um, the title of that? Any any guesses what the title of that was? To do with to do with passwords. Oh, do you remember this? No, I think okay, Phil I, wrote I, that. Did he? I so think your, so. Well, your name's your name's by it, so you're. Is it? Oh, must have written it then. <laughs> so here's remember. the title: Eighty percent of passwords are at high risk from hackers. And then it talks about using KeyPass and recommending oh, yes. that. Yes, I still use KeyPass. Do you? Okay. I'm a fan of those sorts of things. I use LastPass, but KeyPass as well. I've heard lots of people say good things. Yeah. It's good. 
Yeah. We moved over to that a little while ago and I just thought I even show people in training courses now because everyone's yeah. just reusing the same password over and over. I, I couldn't survive without it. Like if, if oh, we've got hundreds of passwords, you know, you've got yeah. passwords for everything now um, and you don't want, they can't be the same. So yeah, very, very yeah, careful we, we with both that. Recommend, we both recommend those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and so YouTube, 320,000 subscribers. And then again, I did a filter for the old, the oldest posts. So oh. 10 years ago, <laughs> 10 years ago, the yeah. if statement explained. Oh, no. Just that, that basic thing, the if statement explained. 140,000 views. Awesome. All right. It's funny because this week's um, newsletter is a new video on if, nested ifs, oh. and the new, newer ifs function. Because I saw that and I thought, oh, that needs updating. I couldn't even watch it. <laughs> I just, I can't, yeah. I can't watch the old ones. But I don't want to take them down because like you say you know as a hundred thousand yeah. odd people have have benefited from it so you know totally. it's providing a service but i think i can do it better now <laughs> that's a, you do look back at some of that even you know i've only been doing this a couple of years and i look back and go oh i probably should redo that and yeah. but there's not you know there's still loads of people who are actually using excel 2003 still so it's probably you know they still benefit from the old older versions having the actual like you say the screens are going to be the same and yeah, people can the follow buttons along. look the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so then, three years ago, how to build interactive dashboards in Excel? Six point five million views. I know it's crazy. Did that did that suddenly take off, or has it been a a steady, you know, acceleration? Um, when I posted that, it pretty much took off. Right, and. Um, yeah, that was the real eye-opener for me, that it was so popular. And um, it was a, it's a long video. It's nearly an hour. Everyone says, oh, you yeah. have to do short videos. People don't like long videos. But it's still, if I look at my top 10 videos, they're all pretty much long. Um, yeah. And they're all on dashboards. So that's kind of become my niche. I really love the dashboard reports. Um I love using pivot tables and charts and just all of the Excel functionality that you can bring together to produce something so incredible, in my opinion, anyway. Yes. I mean, I love Excel, so it's incredible to me. But, yeah, it seems to resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. And and so when Power BI came along then, given you're in this sort of dashboarding space, what were your thoughts around it and where do you – where do you position it with people around, should I use Excel or should I use Power BI? And I think lots of people don't realize that you can make dashboards as, as great as the ones you make. So when they see that, they go, well, which should I use? Yeah. How do you, how do you view when it? I, well, um, when Power BI first came out, I was so excited that I um, went to the, I can't remember what it was called, the Data Summit, I think, in um, Redmond in Washington in the US. Okay. Um, so I took a week off and I went and soaked up everything I could about Power BI. And from that, I then developed some um, a Power BI course and dashboards in Power BI. But you're right, that conflict between, well, can Excel do everything Power BI can do and why should I use one and not the other? And you have to pay for Power BI and I already have Excel. So 
<clears throat> I did a video actually on Power BI versus Excel for dashboards because I get asked that question so often. And right. some people don't have any choice. They have to use Excel because their company won't support them to pay for the licenses for Power BI. And whilst you can do quite a bit with Power BI for free, you can't share it easily, not the way it's intended. Um, so generally, I'll point people to that video on Power BI versus Excel. Power BI has a steeper learning curve. Most people, or a lot of people, already have all the skills they need to build dashboards in Excel. But if you haven't used Power BI before, then you're not going to be able to just get on and build a dashboard in Power BI. Yes. There's a much steeper learning curve. Um, there's the cost. Um, but then on the flip side, it has all this functionality that people are crying out for um, that you just simply have to pay for if you want it. So it's horses for courses. Um, yeah. There's no right or wrong. They both can build dashboards. Um, Excel's much quicker sometimes to build a dashboard in depending on what your skill set is certainly and yeah. um, what the data format is and that type of thing. So, yeah, it just depends. There's no no best solution in my opinion, although yeah. – Power BI is amazing. And probably my favorite feature in that is row level security, which is which allows you to oh, provide. Yes. And if I had this when I worked in London, oh it's just I, I so, just cry at the thought of it sometimes. I think it's not fair. I didn't have this tool back when I really <laughs> needed it. But row level security allows you to um, present one dashboard. And when user A opens it, they only see their data. They don't see everyone else's data. So you can segregate the views of the data to only that that they're allowed to see. So it provides that security. So if you're giving um, a cost center or a profit center manager his or her report, he's only going to see his team. And then you give it to the next cost center or a profit center manager, and they only see their data so but you as yeah. the report producers only produce one report so you know massive time savings there and just the security around it is brilliant so what's what's the chances of us getting row level security in excel do you reckon because there must be there must be a market for that that's got to be oh there's definitely a market for it i mean oh. every time someone asks me i go sorry go go get power bi because yeah can kind of fudge it in Excel. Um, and I've created a dashboard that has some password kind of security around it. Yeah. But it's not really secure. It's just guiding people in the right direction. If they download the file, they can remove the password and they can get all the data. So, you know, it doesn't really secure it. It's more yeah. of a, a guide. But yeah, be nice if we had it Thanks. in Excel. It would. So you were there in the bank just sort of filtering out or deleting the data for one department, emailing that off, deleting the data for another department, emailing that. Yeah, thousands of over. files. The budgeting yeah. process was mad. I just, oh. yeah. yeah. I had If I had Power Query back then, the days that we would have saved. So let's talk Power Query. Let's yeah. talk Power Query then, okay? So... Where did you first come across it? Where did you first see it? I think at the um, one of the MVP summits. And uh, they yeah. showed, 
I think they showed unpivoting and they showed some other things with splitting text and we were all just ooing and ahhing. Like it was amazing. Yeah. And I remember at that yeah. point thinking, this is the best tool to hit Excel since pivot tables. Like it was that big. And I'd say it's, would I say it's better than pivot tables? It's, it's as good as. I think they obviously yeah. serve different purposes, but um, Power Query is um, life-changing. And that's not an understatement. You know, you, I get messages frequently from people saying, it has just saved me three hours every week. A task that used to take three hours now takes a click of a button. And totally. it's, it's hard to, um, it sounds like you're exaggerating, but it's yeah. true, you know, and that's yeah. not just one person that's like repeatedly people going and then they show their boss and their boss has given them a promotion and now they're looking after, they're reviewing a whole department's um, processes and, and yeah, so when, when I say life-changing, it's, it's not just life-changing for that job, but that employee now has the scope to get promotions and move yeah. into different roles that they probably didn't even think existed you know so yeah it's I'd be, incredible i'd be interested to see i'd be interested to see whether you know job adverts now do they still just say um wanted excel skills or are they starting to you know i would if i was any cfo i would be asking someone do you know power query yeah absolutely i haven't done any searches actually but one, no. um, I, do, I do remember not that long ago, someone said to me, oh, do I really need Power Query? I mean, Power Pivot's where it's at. And I said, well, if I look at our forum, and I can't remember the figures, but it, we have um, group for Power Query, a group for Power Pivot, and various other groups. But if you compare the two, Power Query is like three to one questions. So that says to yeah. me, Power Query has a lot more application than Power Pivot does. Not that Power Pivot totally. isn't great, but Power Query can be used by so many people for so many different things um, yeah. that it's just the most worthwhile thing to learn. I think uh, you know that's if you if you've got good Excel skills but you don't know Power Query, then that should be the next thing on your list because you're going to find a lot of yes. use for it. I can't think of anyone who uses Excel who wouldn't benefit from Power Query, other than the, you know the most basic use. But if you work in an office and you're in Excel day-to-day -day, then you need to know it yeah I, I you know we've got very similar backgrounds accountants work for banks and I think power query is just we just see you know like you say what we could have done if we'd have had this earlier yeah I think we just want to we just want to share that with people and go please discover this yeah. because we're still people it's been around for seven years now and people still don't know about it and it's just like, please learn it. You will save so yeah. much time. Oh, this, so your your favorite feature as well, the sort of consolidating files from folder, that's just insane. That's just so good. Saves so much time. When I um, build one of my YouTube videos is on a dashboard that uses Power Query and Power Pivot. And I get files from a folder and do exactly that, consolidate them into a table, in this case, I load them into Power Pivot and then we create the dashboard. And then at the very end, the, the data is basically monthly data. And then at the very end, yeah. I drag in a new file for the next month and I click the button and the whole dashboard updates. Now, I remember that 
task used to take me when I worked in London a week every month to update my reports. So to click a button, I I, I can just picture myself going, <laughs> oh, see ya, you know, I'm done. Yeah. And it's, that's incredible. That is life changing. You know, that means that you can now go and say to your boss, I've got all this spare time. What can I do now? And you're going to have the opportunity, hopefully to learn something new. And, um, yeah, it's just incredible. So I I do love Unpivot as well, because that solves a lot of problems. But I think when I show people the get files from a folder and then how to update, they're like blown away. Yeah. My go-tos would be get files from folder, unpivot, and then column from examples. And if yeah. you haven't won someone over with those three things, then then they're not worth saving, you know. No. It's just like no. if you if you're not blown away by those three features, then yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um and it's sort of I think as well that that training element um, or freeing up that time, it's, it's an interesting point because there's so much to learn now. There's so much new yeah. content and ways of making what you do better that if you can free up a bit of time, that you then invest that in learning something new and using that time to learn. Otherwise, you're just going to be doing stuff the same way you've always done it forever. Yeah, exactly. I think learning now is more important than ever. I mean, it's always been important, but we have no excuse now. In the past, we had to wait till our employer sent us on a course and that meant a day of work Mm. or whatever. But now we've got no excuse. We can be learning on the train on the way to work or, um, you know, when we've got five minutes doing something that doesn't require us to think too much like cooking the dinner or something like that. You know, Phil and I are always learning ourselves and one of the things that has been an unexpected byproduct of our business is that in order to um, teach someone else, you have to learn it first. And the best way to learn it is to teach someone else because you have yeah. to really understand it. And um, But that doesn't mean you'll remember everything. Like <laughs> the funniest thing so often is I'll think, how do I do that? And I'll Google it and it will be my post that comes up in my own Google search, I don't even remember writing it, you know, so it doesn't always work, but it's certainly, I find the most foolproof way is to teach someone else and that, that will help you learn it. And, and I think you, your learning evolves as well. And you just sort of something you did one way a couple of years back, you go, Oh, I wouldn't do it that way anymore. I I now would. And also explaining it, I find running training that I, sort of evolve my explanation to sort of make sense a bit easier to more people um, yeah. as my understanding. If some, I remember years ago, somebody giving me some advice, I think it was when I was an auditor um, and doing this sort of stuff is much more fun than being an auditor. Um, <laughs> and it, it was that sort of question of if somebody can't explain something to you clearly, they probably don't understand it. Mm. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay. And that all, that little seed always stuck with me. And um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's been fairly true in my experience. Yeah, the people that is a good explain point. it really well. When I struggle to learn something, I often think others will have the same mm. struggle. 
So I make sure that when I explain something, I address those things um, that I struggled with. But when you're training live and you're getting that feedback, then that helps you then add to the explanation because then you learn other things that people are struggling with that maybe you didn't. So that's the, I think that's one of the benefits of live training, which I don't do a lot of, but I do do a lot of forum answers and, um, you know, people emailing me questions. So I, un- I get an understanding of where people get stuck and what they struggle with. But it's evolving, like you say, you know, one person will get have a real stumbling block with one thing that's new to you and no one else has asked before, but then then it helps you then flesh out and add to your material so that you're trying to cover yes. all the questions that might come up. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly common ones that sort of crop up a lot, I guess, and then yeah. you sort of target it there and then there's the there's the real random niche ones where you go, well, where, where do you draw the line then? This is an interesting one. When you're answering a question in a forum, how far down the rabbit hole do you go with somebody with a real sort of niche question? And do you find that if it interests you, you end up sort of going further than you probably should? Yes. Um, that's a tough one. Phil struggles with that a lot. Phil is very technical. So he understands things at a very deep level and has to, he struggles with finding that starting point of explaining something. How far do I go? Um, I find if I, yeah, if there's a question that I really like, then I'll go to the nth degree to answer it because partly I'm probably learning at the same time. Yes. If it's a question that comes up all the time, then it goes on my list to write about um, and do a blog post, newsletter, video, uh, and then I can just okay. refer people to it. So now after so many years of doing um, newsletters and videos, I've answered most questions before. Um, so it's really rare that, not rare, but, it's infrequent that I get a question that I don't already have something I can point people to. Um, So that's been one of the benefits of writing tutorials and and videos is that now when I have a question, I can invariably point someone to the answer. Um, But yeah, you can spend hours on (laughs) challenges and, and usually it's the ones you don't know the answer to. And often I'll get questions where I don't know the answer, but I'm really good at Google. So I can yeah. usually find the answer. Um, yeah, Google's so. an underrated skill. <laughs> it is. Maybe that should be a course, how to I get Excel it, help on Google. <laughs> knowing what articles just, you know, you get a sense of which articles to click on, the wording yeah. in there in the little sort of preview yeah. thing. And you think, oh, you also see some of the links and you go, well, I've been to that site before and that's useful. And there's, there's a little yeah. art knowing exactly how to phrase it to get the right yeah. results and knowing something's possible in the first place so that then you start searching for it. Yeah, knowing something's possible, but also believing something must be possible, I think also helps. There's, yes, there, there, no. there must be a better way type of mentality yeah. gets you searching for that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay, let me get into the five impossible questions, right? So these are five totally unfair power query questions that I don't expect anyone to get right. 
Um, uh-huh. And unless I'd looked up the answers myself or to look up the questions, I wouldn't know. So okay. here we go. In the advanced editor in Power Query, there is a little drop down in the top right hand corner of the advanced editor window, which I didn't really even notice until recently. Um, and it's called display options. And there's four items in that little display options. Can you name any of them? No, <laughs> I'm thinking, can I even guess? I don't think I've ever clicked on the menus in the advanced editor. Uh, full screen? No, that would be nice. That would be nice. Oh, you can just make it full screen. Wrap, is wrap text on there? Enable word wrap is on there. Right. Because that to get a point. Um, is in Notepad. Uh, notepad? Yeah. And I always have that on. And actually, I'm annoyed with myself because the amount of times I've wanted that blimmin' text in the advanced editor to wrap, and it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> never, thought, <it's> there. <laughs> never thought to look, but I will there now. There you go. Thank you. You've taught so, me something today. <laughs> well, I, I have to pass the th- thanks on to Miguel Escobar who flagged this on Twitter the other day to me. So that's oh. the only reason I asked this question. Oh, I went, what's too. he talking about? And I went, yeah, so thanks, Miguel. Um, so question two, you click in a table that has been loaded into Excel using Power Query, right? So the, the table's been loaded. It's sitting there in, Power Qu- in, in Excel in the sheet. You click inside the table. So your table design menu little comes up at the top of the screen. Next to it, is the query option comes up as well next to that table design, which I hardly ever notice. And once in a while I think, oh, I forgot that shows up. So if you click on that query, can you name any of the buttons that show up in the ribbon? So the contextual query tab on the ribbon? Yes. Edit query. Yes. Can you name one more just for bonus point? Uh, oh, I would not know. I can picture it. I can't remember what it's called. Isn't it the um? Is it the cog icon with the for the query settings? Um, I'm just looking at it. No. no. Oh, that was there's, wishful there's thinking. Proper, well, there's properties. There's delete, and then there's mm. a few others. One of which is refresh, and oh, yeah, that goes to duplicate and load two is up there as well. So there we go. Oh, I always right click for the load two in the um, query yeah, pane. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I don't use that. To be honest, the only time I ever do use that is once in a while when I just see it and my cursor's up there and I click it and go edit and I don't ever click on anything else. Yeah, that, that's the only time I've used it as well as for editing. Yeah. Right, question three. The queries and connections panel that pops out from the side in Excel, can you detach that and move it somewhere else? I would say yes, but I've never tried. You can. Just click and drag it. Yeah, because you can do that with all those panes. I just, I saw that. Simply, I think maybe even you did one with the pivot table moving it around. And it was just yeah. like, oh. I've started doing that when um, when I remember with my tutorials because I'm trying to zoom in and it's always so far on the right. So I drag it across into view. That is a good tip. So... I think I might steal that idea. Thank you. <laughs> so to remove question four, to remove rows in Power Query, you go and click the remove 
rows drop down mm -hmm. and then you can say remove top rows and then you can type in the number of rows okay that drop down that remove top rows oh sorry that remove rows drop down other than remove top rows half a point for each other one you can mention uh remove bottom yeah rows. remove errors oh very good remove duplicates Yes. Um, that's undone. I don't know what okay. else there is. Then there's also remove blank rows. Oh, blanks. And yeah. remove remove alternate rows. Oh, alternate rows. Oh. Yeah, which that's I've used once or twice actually. It's quite a nice little one when you yeah. get the, you know, that horrible messy CSV data yeah. with every other row is empty. That's a good one. That's, that's all... I'll use that because I usually use um, add an index column and then mod to figure out which rows and then yeah. use the numbering to filter. Yeah, there's, there's too many things. Okay, thank you. Taught right. me something. That's my second <laughs> thing I've learned today. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> question five, last question. You have, this is this takes a little bit of picturing in your head, right? You've got a single cell table in Excel. This is your source table, okay? All that's in it is a date. And that date is the 1st of January, 1900. Okay, you pull that table into Power Query, right? And Power Query will automatically create a change type step, but I delete that. I've deleted the change type step. I then load it back as a table into Excel. What date shows up in that loaded table? So it's the 1st of January, 1900 in Excel, pull it into Power Query, get rid of the change type step, load it back into Excel. Is it the same I'm, date? Is it a different date? What's the date? I'm trying to think whether when you remove the change type step, whether it shows the number, the date serial number one or not, or whether it will still show the date. So it know. is, let's say, so, okay, let me, clarify when I've loaded that table back into Excel yeah. I have formatted it as a date oh okay in that so what oh. date displays well it should display the same date but oh. must be a trick question <laughs> or is it or is it a trick question well I'm gonna Am go I with it should be the same date it should be the same date it is one day earlier it is 1900. Wow. Because there's Is that a because quirk. our query has a zero base yeah. numbering system? Yes. So yes. when and it I... loads one, it should, if you change that. So when you remove the change type step, what does it show? A date? 31st, well, check this out. It shows 31st of December, 1899. Yes, well, I knew that Power Query could handle dates before January 1, 1900. I, I so, knew that, but I... Uh, so that's weird. So, yeah. So I think it's... I don't know whether it's to do with... And we're getting a bit technical here, but I don't know whether it's to do with that sort of leap year bug that's in the 1900, whether Power Query uh, doesn't... Power Query ignores that for the first sort of whatever it is, 58 days of, of 1900. And then it's, so that then it lines up, but yeah, uh, different date. Maybe, yeah, it must be something to do with that. Cause I'm trying to think so if it, yeah. So the first, 
the date with the number date serial number one is the day before. Yeah, that's weird. Bizarre. Very weird. So there we go. I'll know when that pops up. Just, uh, just well, to be honest. Can you check it out and just see if I'm making this up? Because it seems to happen on my computer. No, I will. <laughs> I'll test it. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So thanks for doing that. You did well on the quiz, better than I would have. Um, oh, so crystal ball, crystal ball time. What would you like to see in, fu in future developments, whether it's Power Query or any other Excel stuff? So I think Power Query and Excel needs incremental refresh like we have in Power BI. That I think would be huge because, yeah. you know, the example I as my I gave as my favorite feature that getting files from a folder, you don't want to be having to get all of those files every time you refresh. But that's what Power Query does when you're working with a lot yeah. of files that can quickly become um, slow. So yeah, incremental refresh. Just get the new data. Yeah. And it would be good if it just did actually store that yeah. inside the Excel file, you know, and then we can, rather than yeah. having to do, because Power BI, it's too hard currently. You've got to set up this sort of date range and then it only works in certain scenarios. And it's just, so yeah, yeah. simple incremental. That yeah, would be just awesome. a cache. Would, just put yeah. it in a cache and add to yeah. it. Seems yeah. simple. I mean, I don't know why they haven't done it already. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> we just chuck it. Yeah, we chuck these ideas out without any concept yeah. of how hard it is to program, but, yeah. you know. Um, and, okay, and anything on your plans for the coming sort of 12 months? Is it business as usual? Just Pretty much. I mean, Office 2022, is it, will be out towards the end of this oh. year? And that means a whole load of work. Because <laughs> uh, we've got to redo re re the... Outlook, Word, and Excel courses. So um, yeah. I'm trying just to enjoy the routine that we have at the moment because um, I know when that happens that work will become a lot busier. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's, it for what's your, what's, what's your advice to people on the whole subscription versus perpetual one-off purchase license? Just get the subscription. I mean, I did um, a blog post a while back now on um, comparing the cost benefits of subscription versus perpetual licensing. And oh, if you're okay. updating your software every three years, then it's cheaper to get the subscription. Um, wow. Okay. So, you know, not everyone has that luxury and it obviously depends on your employer. And if you're just using Excel for yourself, then, you know, there's more of a, an argument for the perpetual, but there are so many new features coming out in Excel every month and they are incredible that mm. to have that license where you just get the new updates automatically is huge. Um, the changes we've seen with dynamic arrays and the functionality that that's yes. exposed, um, the data types that you can create your own data types and the organizational data types is huge um so yeah it it seems like a no-brainer to me but i'm not paying for it so you know it's easy yeah. to say but even when you do the cost benefit and the cost comparison um it's still cheaper 
if you're if you're renewing every three years so i i just tell everyone that asks just get the get the 365 license yeah you might regret it I think there's, so. there's there's that risk as well that you know you're you're going to be receiving files from somebody that don't work for you because yeah. they have built it and then on the flip side there's the thing of when you're building something you've got to be conscious of the fact that it might not work for somebody else's yeah yeah i mean if you work in an organization where everyone has the same license then that doesn't matter but if you're a consultant and you're producing files for others then yeah that's a big pain point um yeah for you and them so yeah i think it's worth i had some i had somebody on a course a little while back from one of the banks and they were still on excel 2010 And you just think, you know, you send something to the bank for them to open and you used an X lookup and it, you know, in your model, in your forecast for the, you know, your coming profit and whatever it is, won't work. Yeah. So, hmm. Well, it's, it's funny, actually. I had someone email me last week, said we're upgrading to Excel 2016. I, I just had no words. Oh, oh no. Like, what, what do you mean? Why? Oh, why? Yeah, <laughs> why? Oh. Why would you buy yeah. that when you could at least get 2019? 2019, yeah. But, and and 2022's out at, towards the end of this year. So I uh, just, yeah. Oh, no. It wasn't yes. wasn't their choice. You know, they were just saying this is yeah. what my employee's doing. But Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Okay, so wrapping things up. Um, so I'd like to ask my guests if they've had any brushes with fame or if there's any little known facts they're willing to share about themselves? Well, um, my youngest son, Finn, is a budding actor. And oh, he okay. um, was filming week off, week, two weeks ago um, on the Gold Coast in a movie. And Ooh, wow. he is playing the young version of an older actor called Christoph Waltz who is actually a two-time Oscar winner but also in that film is Sam Neill and we ran into Sam Neill on set and got a picture with him and had a little chat so he was pretty starstruck by that because he loves Jurassic Park and um yeah Yeah. so that was pretty amazing yeah that's cool that's a good one (laughs) excellent um and any others because that's that you don't i don't think you can top that can you that's pretty good no that's probably the most yeah that's good most famous person that we've met so i'm impressed i'm impressed (laughs) um and then one of the requirements of coming on the show is that you need to leave two articles blogs video posts whatever um your most popular which i'm guessing is the 6.5 million view video is it is that the most popular yeah that is a different one um although i have got a really popular power query tutorial which is called um power query automates boring tasks and i think that's had over three hundred fifty thousand views so um that might be a good one to leave given that this is a power query podcast or power query interview um leave links to both yeah okay and what was the other one my favorite and then your favorite yeah um and so i think the one i talked about earlier with the dashboard that uses power query and power pivot um because it really showcases how brilliant power query is 
in getting that data and just simplifying the process of updating your reports. So I'll, I'll leave you with both of those links. Thank you, Minda. Um, and then finally, if we strand you on a desert island and you have to take, or you, you're allowed to take one object with you, it could be a luxury, it could be something useful, but that object must begin with a letter M, what would you take with you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm not very um, good at survival skills, so I'd probably take some matches. Um, Excellent. And, you know, just for a little bit of luxury, maybe some margaritas. Okay, I'll allow you two. I'll allow you two okay, items. Thanks. I like those two. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Minda. Thank you for having me. It's been great. It's been and um, yeah, I appreciate everything you do as well. I've certainly learned loads from your um, videos as well, Win. And um, ah, too kind. Yeah, no, it's Thank true. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great. And I'm honored to be um, honored to be included in your um, little venture. I'm sure it's going to be a huge success. I've watched some of them already and enjoyed them. And the time passes really quickly. So yeah, it's uh, that's always a good sign. I've certainly learnt, you know, a fair few little tricks, especially Power Query ones from, from your blog articles and the videos and stuff. So thanks for sharing and keep sharing the Power Query magic. And eventually, you know, maybe 50% of Excel users one day will know what Power Query is. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully more than that. But yeah, we'll keep going. Indeed. Okay, thanks, Minda. See you.